Go to Vibes! Another episode of the Hoop Genius Podcast presents by NBA 2K23. BJ Armstrong, real name, no gimmicks, here alongside myself, Mo Mootsy. You know the vibes. Uh, special day today. My show on Snapchat reached 50,000 subscribers. Thank you. Congratulations. To Thank you, BJ. Congratulations. The TikTok's Congratulations. almost at 20,000. The podcast, I can't tell you what that's at, but it's growing nicely. I'm going to just need to make sure if you're listening to this right now, you've subscribed. So you're locked in for every episode. Because BJ, the reel is back and the teal oh. is back. It was about three o'clock in the morning. My phone started going off. BJ Armstrong in his element. If you didn't know, the Detroit Pistons have brought back their teal colored jerseys. If you don't know what teal is, it's like a bluey green kind of color. The ones that you would have seen Grant Hill wearing, they wore it from what? 96 till about 2002. We don't call it teal, Mo. We call it Detroit teal. Detroit teal. Okay. Okay. So, BJ was very excited. The jerseys are a classic design. I don't know why there's a horse on there. I'm guessing horsepower for cars in Detroit. Um, uh, do you know oh, why there's a horse guess, on the logo? Go. Well, uh, horsepower. Yeah, that's what I said. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Oh, okay. I, exactly. I just made it up. I didn't know that was the real reason. So, that got me thinking, BJ, because it's a slow news day again. What are your top three jerseys? Of all time. Oh, of all time. Of all so not ones that you've worn necessarily, but just just to admire very, of all time. Just just very simple. I, I, I love the traditional jerseys. So the Celtics. 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 Okay. Lakers. Bulls. Okay. That's it. Okay. Hey, hey, you know, I'll I'll even throw the Knicks in there. I just want I want simple. I, I don't all this. Design, no. Okay, I'm going the other way. Those Detroit ones there are nice, but the Toronto Raptors purple dinosaur. The dinosaurs. See, people used to laugh at them, call them Barney the dinosaur, but now it's fashion. I really wanted, I don't know if anyone can help me get hold of one of these, the black and gold version of the dinosaur jersey. I couldn't actually find one of them. And even in some of my people in Toronto couldn't even find them for me because they sold out straight away. But the the black and gold version of that was fire. Um, the, the, do you remember the old school Timberwolves jerseys that they used to have Kevin Garnett wearing? Yes. With that special Timberwolves font. I thought that was hard. The ones that they had Stephon Marbury and uh, the Trust Brewell and all these guys wearing. Those were some of my favorites. Of course, the Boston Celtics. I like kind of the big logos. Do you remember the, the Charles Barkley Phoenix Suns with the giant? Yes, remember, remember those. I thought those remember were those. nice. Um, but yeah, I think I think it's tough to get it right. I think it's easier to make a bad jersey than it is to make a good jersey because I see so many. I, I like the classic, just classic jerseys. Just classic. It's just classic, just timeless. I don't I don't need all the you know, I don't need the gimmicks. You know, there's a reason. Real name, no gimmicks. No gimmicks. <laughs> <laughs> what was your first NBA jersey you ever had? Did you ever have one when you were a kid growing up? What was your first ever one you got? No, no. That's a recent phenomenon. Well, I grew up in like early 80s. You so know? your, your first NBA jersey was when you got to the league? Was it, it's the M- yes. Yeah. That's insane. That's insane. I've always wanted to ask you, why did you pick uh, number 10? Well... 
It's a very interesting story. So as a young as a as a young kid growing up playing, my favorite player um at that particular time was this young kid who was drafted by the Detroit Pistons. He wore number 11. His name was Isaiah Thomas. Mm-hmm. And I like every kid, you know, you have your favorite player and and I had a chance because he was locally, you know, I could see him play all the time. And I wore number 11 as well. And when I got to high school in the ninth grade, I wore number 11. And my high school coach said, you know, someday you may have an opportunity to play against your favorite player. And when you see your favorite player, you better be prepared for that moment. And from that moment on, I I changed my number to number 10. Because I didn't want to give him, I didn't want to give him any opportunity to have an advantage over me. Because what my high school coach was telling me was, you know, it's okay to admire people from afar, but once you see that person in between the lines, all bets are off. Yeah. It's and like, I didn't. Yeah. Go ahead. It's like wearing someone's signature shoes to play against them. Yeah. I, I didn't want to give that player who I admire from afar any advantage. And then high ironic was, you know, when I got to the league, that team, the Detroit Pistons, which I grew up watching, was the team that we had to play against. And I ended up having to play against him. So that kind of foreshadowed my, my career, which, you know, I had a theme as a kid, (laughs) I had a theme as a kid to never ask an NBA player for an autograph because of that. Yeah. So, cause you knew you were going to be competing against them. Well, I, I never wanted that player to ever have an, a mental advantage. Now, I don't know as much now, but there used to be a thing where you, 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 there were mental games going on on the court. Now everyone's just hanging out, being friends and buddy, buddy, you know, and that's mm-hmm. fine too. But intimidation used to be a real thing when we play. You were looking for a mental advantage on a player. And if you found that advantage, whether it was trash talking or you befriended that player or whatever the case may be, you you took advantage of that. So you were so, drafted, you were drafted okay. by the Bulls wearing number 10. And then yes. obviously battling with the Pistons, winning a few championships. Then Isaiah retired in mm-hmm. 94. Mm-hmm. So when you got to the Golden State Warriors in 96, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you went back to 11. It was that tribute to Isaiah Thomas. No, I couldn't wear 10 because Tim Hardaway had 10 when I first uh-huh. got there. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Okay, that makes sense. So, what about when you went when when you went to um, when you went to the uh, Charlotte Hornets? Then I was I forgot what number I you was. You were ten, there. ten at the Hornets. I was ten. Yeah, yeah. Okay, that was that was ten. And then Orlando, you wore number two. Yes. Why? Daryl Armstrong wore ten. Okay. Do you ever see like <laughs> was was it a thing for you? Because like you see like Lamelo Ball this season is changing from jersey number two to jersey number one because Malik Monk was wearing one, and so he had to wait for Malik to leave the Hornets. 
to be able to get his preferred number back. Was it ever that deep to you or any of your teammates, the numbers that they wore? No, not for me. The only time I ever ever played with someone who had a, a number issue was when one night Michael had his jersey stolen. We were in Orlando. I remember this. We were in Orlando, and his jersey was stolen before the game. So he mm-hmm. wore, I think, number 12, if I yep, remember. That's right. With and no then, name. No name. And just then he wore, 12. yeah. And then he wore 45 for like a part of that time when he first came back. When I come back, like Jordan, we're in the four five. Yeah. And when he, when he came back from his first you. retirement. Yeah. And and so when, when PJ Armstrong went back to the Bulls, uh, the Bulls had actually retired the number 10 jersey mm-hmm. for what was yeah, it? They Bob Love? It. They retired it because he was wearing I think so, yeah. 10 yeah, before Bob Love. Yeah. So then mm-hmm. you took the uh the number eleven. Was that the tribute mm-hmm. to Isaiah then? <laughs> no, that, I, that was the only number. It was, just the, it, it was like it was by be honest with you, by then I just didn't care. So whatever the equipment <laughs> got, whatever the equipment got. He was like, yeah. you know, we don't have 10, is 11 okay, perfect, whatever. It, you know, it just, you know, I, I had grown past that and wh- whatever, whatever was easiest, you know. So 11 was there, it was open. So I took 11 and uh, finished my career there in Chicago with that. Oh, man, that's, that's pretty dope. That's, that's pretty dope. Uh, speaking of finishing careers, have you seen Mark Gasol lately? I have not. What's he doing? He's just in Spain, absolutely destroying anyone who tries to guard him. Like he's looking like he's turned back five, ten years. Someone sent me a video yesterday. Oh, and it's it. just Mark Gasol just cooking everyone. Um, but this is what it comes to in, in the offseason. We're just eagerly awaiting our breath, seeing where Kevin Durant goes to. So we end up watching some of that. Um, are you going to be watching any of the Eurobasket action that's coming up, BJ? You know, I may, I, I always end up watching it. I'm not, you know, I'm, I'm not well, planning on it, but when it, if it's on and I'm in front of the TV, I definitely will watch it. When, when does it start? It starts, I believe in a week on the 5th of August, unless I'm mistaken. Um, the reason being, Luka Doncic will be representing Slovenia. Oh no, am I completely mistaken? It's starting in September. Um, yeah, it's September, between September the 2nd, Oh, no. Oh, is it late this year? No, no. So last year, it was scheduled to take place between the 2nd and the 19th of September. Um, So now it's between the 1st and 18th of December. Yeah. They changed it this year. December? September. Oh, okay. Um, So Luca is leading Slovenia and Giannis is playing for Greece. Interesting. Which I'm going to be very interested to see. I'm really hoping we get those two going up against each other in the finals. Um, the British team is in the same group as the Greek team. So one of my guys here in the UK is going to have to guard Giannis. I'm not sure who's taking on that challenge. But whoever you are, good luck. At least you're going to get some well, good you know, the, the Euro game is a little different. You know, if it was an NBA game, I would say good luck. But it's like, to me, you, it's easier to defend as a team than it is in the NBA. Because of the rules. I mean, you can play zone full time. Yeah. I mean, so, technically, there's no illegal defense. Yeah. So, I, you know, it's lane is wider. I do think that Giannis, because of those rules, will have a harder time than people imagine because you can camp 
the pain. Yeah, exactly. And, and really load up it, using bigs. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. I, I think Giannis game suits the NBA game. And he's a far superior player in the NBA than he is in Europe. Yeah. Most definitely. And plus, he hasn't played in Europe for a while, whereas Luca plays most summers with his Slovenian guys. Um, so that's that's going to be interesting. But yeah. Yeah, that's what's happening in, in the world of the NBA. I feel like we've got to start coming up with a few concepts. I've seen a concept online that mm-hmm. I don't know if you're going to hate, but it's called <laughs> it's a game called Would You Rather? And you pick a player, for example, DeAndre Ayton. Okay. And okay. I will then give you a list of names, and you have to tell me which player you would rather have on your team. Okay. Okay. All right. I'm I'm for it. DeAndre Ayton or Rudy Gobert? Ooh, that's a tough one. Yeah, I'll just skip past Jokic and Embiid because they're clearly Rudy. 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 Okay. Why? The defense outweighs the offense and defense that that DeAndre can give you. I think it's easier to build a team around Rudy. Then it is DeAndre Ayton. Okay. What about Carl Anthony Towns? Rudy. No, no, no. DeAndre Ayton or Carl Anthony Towns? DeAndre Ayton. DeAndre Ayton or Christos Porzingis? Ayton. Ayton or Rob Williams III? Ayton. DeAndre Ayton or Bam Adebayo? Bam. Why? Versatility. There's no counter for speed or quickness. There's no counter for it. I, I will always defer to the to the to the bigger bigger, more athletic body, but then I'll defer to a skill set, right? So the, the toughest one that you said for so far is Rob Williams and DeAndre Aiden. That was a, that was why, a tough why is one. that the, why is that a tough one? Because DeAndre Aiden has the bigger body, mm-hmm. but Rob Williams defensively, but but Aiden Aiden is you know he's he's probably he probably could do that. Do you think? But he hasn't done that. Yeah, I do. I do. I, do you think he has the same level of athleticism? Because some of the blocks that Rob Williams makes are actually crazy. Like when you actually go back and look at them, what, the, the, they're insane. What, 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 what Rob does is he gives maximum effort. Mm-hmm. He gives effort. That's defense. It's not anything that's insane. He gives the effort to do it. Like that to me is way more, that's way more impressive than the actual block. The fact that he gave the effort to do that at that size okay. to me is that that's because bigs, bigs don't normally give you second and third efforts. Most players don't give you multiple efforts. But the one thing that's impressed me about the coach there in Boston is the players were giving second and third and multiple efforts, yeah. which they didn't do just a year, just a year ago. So again, You'll see that's why you trade for players because you'll see something and say, maybe, just maybe, 
I can get him to do something that we haven't seen before. What it's do you like think? Watching. Go ahead. What do you think of the Phoenix Suns this year? These are just random things, thoughts that are popping into my head. But what do you think of the Phoenix Suns? Because for me, it's like they had the chance there last season now to go get it. And now they're keeping the same team, but they've lost a few players. They've not really added much to their team. And everyone can now look at them and say, well, we ain't really as worried about them as we were last year. Well, Phoenix, you know, when you have a, a player that's aging, right? Like a Chris Paul. Okay, Chris Paul is playing in a very high level. However, at his age, you never know when, you know, as they say, the rug will be pulled from up under you. He, he is an aging player. And as you mature in this league, you have to, especially in the regular season, you have to be kind of, you have to manage that player during the regular season. Mm-hmm. What I expect from the Phoenix Suns is, you know, something I've, I've, I've kind of thought, I, I think I've said it to you before, but I'll say it here now, is they're going to have to find, figure out, you know, whatever one you want to, however you want to do, one or two is either Booker, one, Chris Paul, two, or vice versa. Whatever, you know, you could say, some may say Chris Paul, Devin Booker. In order for this team to win, Chris Paul has to be three. And DeAndre and old Miles Bridges. Mikhail Bridges. Whichever one. Yeah, which whichever one. DeAndre Ayton and DeAndre Ayton <laughs> is good enough. He's athletic enough to carry a team in the regular season. However, he hasn't done that yet. That's why to me, there was a negotiation with the Phoenix Suns, whether you agree with it or not. Will he carry a team during the regular season? That's what a all-star caliber player does. A star player, a superstar player will carry you all the way to the finals and a star player will get you past the first round. DeAndre Ayton has all of the physical qualities that you could want. He has speed. He has athletic ability, nice hands, soft touch, multiple bounce. He can run the court. He can do everything you can physically want. Now, will he go out there and get you 20, let's just say 22 to 27 a night? on a consistent basis. That's debatable. That's the, that's the, now if he does that, now Chris Paul can go and just be the third guy. Yeah. And some nights he will have 25 and he'll look great. And then some nights when he doesn't, because of whatever the case may be at his age, which is acceptable, DeAndre Ayton will have 25, 30, 40 points and will be able to carry carry the load. That to me is what the Phoenix Suns are looking for. Now, until DeAndre Ayton does that, he shows you glimpses. He'll have a quarter or two. You'll go, wow. He'll play a quarter or a half, or he may even give you a game. But you can't knock his talent. But consistently, will he give you that 22 to 27 a night to be is what they're looking for if they're going to eventually win the entire thing. They need the big fella to step up and be that player. Man, but it's going to be an interesting season for the uh, Phoenix Suns. I want to hear from you guys. Let us know on the Twitter timeline which players you have suggestions for would you rather. And we'll get playing that because it's the offseason. That's what we're going to do. 
Um, just if there's any fans of young British basketball, there's breaking news that the Hoops Fix, my friend Sam, who runs that uh, media organization, have put together an elite squad of young British players to take on the powerhouse California Basketball Club, which features none other than Bronny James on August the 11th. It's going to wow. be broadcast on ESPNU for you, BJ Armstrong. So mm-hmm. you can check that out. We're going to be there live and direct and um, hopefully see Mo, some who do you have never rookie of the year? Rookie of the year this year. See, a lot of it depends on like the opportunity of of the team that they fit in, right? So say the Sacramento Kings actually make it to the playoffs for the first time. I think that would be enough for Keegan Murray to get a load of the votes, you know, because he's really their main addition in the offseason. But then obviously volume numbers wise, it'll be Paolo because they're going to base most of the offense in Orlando is going to be run through him. So... For me, it's between those two. I've got a feeling you're going to suggest Jaden Ivey, or do you have another pick? I think it's going to be interesting, rookie of the year this year. Reason being is, especially in Orlando, who's going to defer to who? They're all so young down there. Suggs, Anthony, Paolo, you know. Mobile, they have all these young players. Who's going to defer to who? Houston, a lot of young players. Who's going to defer? I don't do. I think do I think they're going to defer to Jabari Smith? I I, I don't I don't think so. No. Do I think Cade Cunningham's going to defer to Jay Ivey? I I don't think so. So I think it's going to be interesting. Now, do I think those guys are all going to be good players? I think they're going to be good players in the NBA. But do I think they're going to find their niche like Scotty Barnes did or like Mobley or these players? I, I don't know. I, I can't see it as of yet. What do you think about but Chet as I was watching them, chances? I, I just don't think Chet's body will be able to hold up through the grind of an 82-game season. Not because he can't play. I think the kid has terrific talent. So who's your pick? I really do I, 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 this one, I, I don't know. Like, it may be a guy. Remember when Brock, I think Brogdon won yep. rookie of the year. Yeah, he won the, for Milwaukee. I yep. think it's going to be a guy like that, like someone we're, we're not. And like Dario Saric was in the running as well that year. Like, yeah, it's just yeah. Obscure I think it's going to be somewhat. It's going to be. So, it, 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 I think Paulo is going to be a good player. I just mm-hmm. don't think the offense is going to just go to him and they're, they're going to just defer to him. Because the other young players are still trying to find their way. You know, Markel Fultz is still trying to – I think he's still trying to average 20 a night. I think Suggs is still trying to figure out who he is. Yeah, he needs Wendell to make Carter his mark. still trying to figure out. Yeah, I think, you know, Cole Anthony is trying to figure out who he is. You know, do I think he can average 15, 16. Yeah, I do. But I, I don't know if that will be good enough. So I, I don't really know – I think he'll get his chances. I think Jabari Smith will get his chances. But I, I don't think those guys are... I think it's too many young players. And when I see young players, you have to have exceptional talent where mm. the other players will defer to you. And right now, I do think they're very talented. Yeah. I just don't think they're exceptionally I, or that much different than the other players. I, I also feel like you don't know what's going to happen in the course of the season, right? So say right. a, a team, say in the mid-first round, 
but their star player gets injured and the rookie comes in and steps up and fills that void, then, wow, you're going to have, oh, this guy stepped up and the team got to the playoffs even without player X. On the other hand, you could also have a guy who has a career year in their rookie season. Remember when Michael Carl Williams won rookie of the year? Like he started his career with a triple, quadruple double, triple double straight away. Right, 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 right. Um, You know, so there's that. I think that rookie of the year is the hardest race to call. You know, that's what we should do tomorrow. We should go through all the awards races and give a ridiculously early pick. That's what we'll do. So um, you guys make sure you're subscribed. Leave a rating, leave a review. And we'll be back tomorrow. Don't forget to hit us on a timeline with your suggestions. Would you rather? And uh, tomorrow we'll be breaking down the awards races in an extremely, extremely early fashion. Till next time, my peoples, get buckets.